We are back. No longer am I in my own version of health and safety protocols. We're going to break down the Rockets' loss against the Milwaukee Bucks, as well as what's been going on with the team over these last handful of days that I have been a little bit MIA, unfortunately, as well as the return of Jalen Green to the Houston Rockets lineup coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. It's the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Man, I feel out of practice um, having not done this in a minute. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a minute. I have been dealing with some health problems, unfortunately, and was in my own version of health and safety protocols after a quick trip to uh, an urgent care facility to find out what was going on with me and, and all that good jazz. Um, but I am better. I am back and I feel not quite a hundred percent, probably like, probably like 85% or 90%, um, which is way better than I felt this past weekend. And especially at the end of last week. So I've been getting gradually better. I've got some fancy, awesome medications that are helping me out. Uh, and so I do, uh, beg your forgiveness for my absence. If you're one of the listeners who listens to the show every single day, I'm sorry for my absence. I, I mentioned it, you know, a couple times on social media, but I am back and there's a lot to talk about this Rockets team. There's been a lot going on with it. And I think the first place that I got to dive into before we talk about anything, uh, that's been going on with this, uh, Rockets bucks game, any of the observations from that one, we got to talk about the fact that the Rockets have moved on from Daniel House Jr. and officially signed Garrison Matthews to a legitimate NBA deal, you know, converting his two-way contract. I think that even though this is old news, um, I was sick and I didn't get a chance to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it now. So first things first is it was kind of like all the signs were kind of pointing towards Daniel House Jr. being the domino that would likely fall to get Garrison Matthews, uh, one of the 15 roster spots available. Uh, it, it seemed, you know, too early to think that, okay, maybe they would be able to, you know, move Gordon or Tice or one of those guys. And the fact that, especially in a, in a trade for one of those guys with a slightly larger salary than house, you, you'd, you'd imagine you might have to bring back multiple bodies instead of just one because a one for one trade, probably not going to happen. So all the signs were pointing towards Daniel house Jr. as being the guy that was going to ultimately bite the bullet to clear a roster spot for Garrison Matthews, depending on how soon the Rockets wanted to do it. Now, the difference here is they could have probably gone around 
the league and tried to find a suitor for Daniel House Jr., they probably could have gotten, I'd imagine, at least like a second round draft pick for him. Uh, you know, he's a serviceable three and D wing. And instead, they waived him, right? So that Daniel House Jr. would have the ability to then choose his next team rather than being sent somewhere that he didn't want to be and playing for a team that potentially didn't even have like playoff aspirations or, you know, was not the best, most optimal fit for him. And this just continues to be another feather in the cap of the Rockets front office in how they take care of their players, right? You go back to last season with, you know, waving Ben McLemore and Boogie Cousins so they could join their respective teams trading James Harden to the Nets, PJ Tucker, Victor Oladipo, all to their preferred destinations, right? Really recouping, or I should say rehabilitating the image from the Daryl Morey era. And Rafael Stone continues to do a miraculous job of that specifically. And I also just want to say, like, to Daniel House Jr., I want to say thanks, right? Like, you know, it, it, as much as that relationship between Rockets fans and Daniel House Jr. was very much up and down throughout his career, and he, you know, as a Houston Rocket, he's a Houstonian, right? He's from here, and playing for his hometown team, that was something special. And he was an important part of that team for a long time, right? You know, it's unfortunate the way that things played out in the bubble, it's unfortunate that he couldn't continue to be a part of this team moving forward, despite not being, you know, on the wrong side of 30 or anything, but the organization's going in a different direction and he just wasn't part of that future anymore. It doesn't mean that there weren't some great moments with Daniel house jr. So one more time, say it with me for the house for the team. I, I appreciate everything that Daniel house jr. Brought to this organization, but this organization is focused on the future. And that's why they signed Garrison Matthews to a very, team-friendly deal, uh, the first year being fully guaranteed and then the subsequent three years non-guaranteed uh, with a team option in the final year, which is kind of a weird contract structure. But this is just another huge get for Rafael Stone where it's a team-friendly deal. Garrison Matthews gets some guaranteed money this first season. The Rockets have ultimate flexibility with his deal moving forward past this. So if he continues to produce and continues to be a part of this team that they think is going to be relevant down the line and a piece that they want to hold on to, great. They can, and he's not going to charge, you know, he's not going to cost them big money or any of that stuff. There were people speculating what a Garrison Matthews contract was going to look like. You know, oh, should we give him, you know, five million a year? And it's like, no, like. Again, there's not this immediate sense of urgency just because he played great over the course of, what, five games, seven games during the win streak? No. Uh, you know, Rafael Stone continues to prove how he is excellent when it comes to, to negotiating as well as how great he is when it comes to taking care of his players, right? I was speculating that these conversations were in the works well before they actually, you know, the hit the media news, right, as far as the contract becoming public knowledge and us being able to report on it and all that stuff. Rafael Stone and Garrison Matthews and his agent were definitely having conversations about what this contract was going to look like. I'm sure that they pointed towards Armani Brooks as a potential framework for a Garrison Matthews type deal. And ultimately for a guy like Garrison Matthews, who was on the cusp of giving up on his NBA dream and deciding to become a police officer, you know, $2 million guaranteed is like life-changing money, right? So there are some people I saw, you know, cons considering like, oh, well, why would he take the, you know, this this contract if, you know, if he could have gotten more money in the offseason? No, like $2 million, that's a lot of money 
guaranteed. You don't turn your nose up at that. And now he's locked into this contract and can further try to play himself into a better deal down the line, right? You got to go basically, you think like the Duncan Robinson route, right? Where the Miami Heat had him on a really friendly deal and he played really, really well. And now he's got his, you know, gigantic, super fat payday. So that's the path for Garrison Matthews. I'm glad that Rafael Stone and the Houston Rockets have locked him down long, long term. And there was a stat, <clears throat> pardon me, still not 100%. There was a stat that was circulating uh, on the Twitter sphere that I thought was incredible. And then they even flashed it on the Rockets broadcast uh, against the Bucks. But of percentage of points scored by undrafted players, the Rockets absolutely dwarf everybody else in the entire association. So the Rockets have 49.3% of their points scored by undrafted players. The following teams on that list are the Heat at 39.3%, the Raptors at 31.3%, the Pacers at 27.9%, and the Thunder at 23.3%. So when you look at that number, that's half of the Rockets' points are scored by guys who were undrafted. And that, again, you point to Rafael Stone for his ability to evaluate and find talent, right? And that's been such a big part of what you know, was kind of missing during the Daryl Morey era, it felt like, but it's, it's hard to evaluate and find young talent, I guess, at least not in the draft uh, when you're constantly trading your draft picks. But even then, you know, Rafael Stone's done a great job finding talent in unconventional locations, unconventional areas, right? So you got to point towards guys like Christian Wood, finding him, bringing him into the fold, getting him on a really team-friendly deal uh, as a fringe, you know, all-star type player. Great two-way big man, right? Jay Sean Tate finding him overseas. Armani Brooks, another semi like homegrown talent, right? From University of Houston. Garrison Matthews, another guy, right? You just go down the list of the guys that Rafael Stone has scouted and then found. And by extension, the rest of the Rockets front office. I can't give all the credit to Rafael Stone. The scouting in the Rockets front office has, has done an incredible job. And having, you know, Rafael Stone having spoken about it, right? Everybody in that front office works together to find these guys. So the Rockets front office has done an incredible job finding talent in places that other teams have either overlooked or just missed or, or what have you. And that bodes really well for the future of this organization as they continue to rebuild. Because not only are they going to be able to, you know, have the confidence that, yeah, they've got a top draft pick and they're going to be able to evaluate the talent at the top in the draft and walk away with more guys like Jalen Green, Alper and Shingoon, stuff like that. They're able to, they've, they've got a solid track record now of finding guys in other places, undrafted guys to pull into the fold. And guys that are, are quality players that can be contributors to an NBA caliber team. So just wanted to highlight that. I thought it was a really, really cool stat. So coming up, I do want to get into some of these specifics from this Rockets-Bucks game. May also dip back into some of the games that I unfortunately missed during my, uh, we'll call it a health and safety protocols absence. But First, I want to drop in a quick message from my friends over at Prize Picks. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of their users. Users get a $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On Rockets fans who use code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props 
than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. You pick, it's super simple, right? You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app and use promo code NBA to get $50 free on your first prize picks entry to score a single point. That's it, right? $50 for free. So all users that deposit and use promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And another message from our friends over at Boost Mobile. Because, look, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, right? You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of savings. Because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phone. So you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can harness all of the brain power as well. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all the knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out now. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. That's Boost Mobile disclaimer free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer slash coverage not available everywhere or for all phone slash network. See boostmobile.com for details. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Trying to get back in the flow, in the rhythm of, <coughs> of things. God, still there. I, I will. I was telling the doctor, I was like, you know what? When I was sitting in the emergency care room or whatever, urgent care room, coughing up a lung, I was like, I would trade this cough for a broken arm in a heartbeat because that's how frustrating it was. But it, thankfully, I, with my new medications, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the upswing. The cough's been absolutely minimized finally. The tickle in the throat is all but gone. But man, it's been a, a brutal like last month uh, trying to power through it. And then when I told her I talked for a living, she was like, Oh, that's probably it. You, you're, you're, you're aggravating your, your, your airways by talking, you're, you know, exacerbating things. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. So rockets falling to the Milwaukee bucks, 126, 106. And this was absolutely a revenge game for the bucks, even though the bucks were missing like half their lineup, right? Uh, the Bucks that were there in this game that played in the game previously in Houston, where the Rockets played them, you know, almost, you know, to, to a win, uh, as things kind of unraveled there in the final minutes of that game here in Houston. Uh, this was definitely a revenge game for the Bucks. They remembered that game, uh, and the guys showed up to play the Milwaukee Bucks were not messing around in this one. Um, the, the first quarter Teams played kind of even. Uh, I mean, 25-24 after one, the Rockets just trailing by one. And then the Bucks kind of just blew it open in that second quarter, started getting basically whatever they want. Drew Holiday kind of taking over. Chris Middleton doing a really, really solid job. And then the two guys who, you know, showed up in a big way in this game for the Bucs uh, were DeMarcus Cousins and Wesley Matthews. Um, so DeMarcus Cousins absolutely remembers being embarrassed by Alper and Shingoon in their first matchup here in Houston, being you know saddled on the bench with foul trouble and getting absolutely worked over on multiple possessions by Alper and Shingoon because he came into this game with a vengeance, um, an absolute grudge against Shingoon. You could tell things were really chippy between him and Shingoon, and you know he he came in ready to play. 
Cousins dropped in 18 points uh, and eight rebounds, two assists in 28 minutes as the starter uh, with no Bobby Portis, no Giannis into the Kumpo in this game. So many other, so many Bucks players were just out in this one. And then off the bench, Wesley Matthews, who is a like certified Rockets killer. Again, there's there's like that list of like certified Rockets killers around the NBA, and Wesley Matthews is one of them. It doesn't matter if he's Portland Wesley Matthews. It doesn't matter if he's Dallas Mavericks Wesley Matthews. It doesn't matter if he's Milwaukee Bucks Wesley Matthews. Wherever Wesley Matthews is, he cooks the Rockets. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but he finished this game. Uh, previously going into this game, I think his season high was like four points for the Bucks. Yeah. Finished this game with 16 points on six of seven shooting uh, off the bench in 20 minutes played. Uh, yeah, Wesley Matthews absolutely torched the Rockets. And it didn't, like, at no point did it feel like the Bucks were just, like, super firmly in control of this game. Like, they coasted with, like, a double-digit lead. But the Rockets did multiple times, like, kind of claw their way back in, cutting it down to, like, 11, 10, you know, 12, like, kind of digging in. And then the Bucks just kept coming away with these timely threes. Like they talked about it during the broadcast, but it seemed like every single time the Bucks hit a three in this game, it was like a much needed three, like right at the end of like a, a 6-0 Rockets run or an 8-0 Rockets run. And then suddenly they come up with a big time three to kind of push the lead, extend things out, give themselves a little bit more cushion. It was tough. Um, the Rockets uh, on that end of things, Christian Wood had a really solid game inside. Um, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from outside the three-point line. So he finished with 20 points on 6 of 13 shooting. 8 of 11 at the charity stripe. You love to see the aggressive uh, the aggressiveness from Christian Wood. He was working really hard to get you know in and around the paint. And thankfully, with the Bucks not having Giannis out there and with DeMarcus Cousins in the middle, the paint was kind of wide open. For, for the Bucks, like, I mean, and the way that they were guarding things with DeMarcus Cousins showing on screens, there was no big, like, they weren't running a drop coverage for majority of the game, so there was no big back there saddled in the paint, so things were just kind of wide open as long as the Rockets got the proper amount of ball movement to get there, to get somebody, you know, going downhill towards the rim. So Christian Wood was really effective inside, but went 0 of 6 from behind the three-point line, and, you know, so kind of a, you know, a, did not definitely not a full performance from Christian Wood. If he hits even a couple of those threes, you know, maybe we're looking at a slightly different game. If if some, you know, if the Rockets had some timely threes made by Christian Wood, Eric Gordon had his first really quiet game in a while. Only twelve points on four of nine shooting. Uh, did have six assists in this game. So Eric Gordon was facilitating the ball at a really really high level. And then the rest of the Rockets starters, Jayshon Tate you know, really struggling with foul trouble in this one was in foul trouble in the first half was in foul trouble very early in the third quarter, having to sit down super early with five fouls and kind of stems back to like, he took a really early, like a silly early foul in this game. And I think Jay Sean Tate has to realize how important he is to this team and how like for them to achieve what they want to be able to do on a nightly basis, he needs to be out there on the floor and you know, foul trouble. I, I don't want to say it's like a consistent factor with, with Jay Sean Tate, but it's something where he just needs to realize how important he is, right? A take foul for Jay Sean Tate, especially early in a game where you don't know how things are going to play out down the stretch, right? As far as foul trouble goes, 
uh, those aren't fouls that I want to see Jay Sean Tate take anymore, right? Like if somebody else takes a take foul, Armani Brooks, maybe Garrison Matthews, somebody like that, sure. Like let them do it, right? But Jay Sean is too versatile, too important to what he brings on both ends of the floor. He was in foul trouble the first time th these two teams played against each other because he had to guard Giannis, right? So it's just really important. He needs to realize that he is the best like lockdown, like perimeter defender that the Rockets have past probably Eric Gordon. And for him to take those ticky tack fouls or those take fouls to stop, you know, transition buckets, especially early in the game, not exactly the best move, right? If it's the third quarter or early fourth quarter and he's not in foul trouble and you're trying to prevent an easy two points. Yeah, sure. Take the foul at that point. But I, I prefer to see him not do that moving forward. Again, really quiet night for him. Just four points, two of 10 shooting and 14 minutes of run. Really, really off night for Jay Sean Tate because of the foul trouble. Couldn't find any consistency for him. Um, I do want to talk about, I have a couple more notes written here. I want to talk about what the Bucks were doing offensively and why we saw a change of things in the second half for the Rockets in this game, uh, as well as talk about Jalen Green's return to the Rockets lineup. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Truebill, because look, you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your hard-earned money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions finally, right? Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, one click, one press, one button. It is that easy. Don't fall for any more subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Some final thoughts from this Rockets-Milwaukee game, as well as just some, some overarching thoughts, you know, from the previous handful of games that I, you know, unfortunately missed out on during my absence. But in this game, and Steven Silas kind of spoke about it post-game, the Bucks were doing a really good job of, of, you know, hunting whoever they wanted on switches. Uh, in this game and really targeting certain guys on the Rockets. And specifically, they were targeting Armani Brooks. It felt like a lot uh, between like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like between Armani and Garrison Matthews, Matthews, you know, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger body, 6'5", you know, slightly better defender, a bit more physical in his game, can't get quite a, you know, can't get abused the same way defensively as Armani can, unfortunately. And that's going to be something that, you know, we may see moving forward is, you know, that, that could be the limiting factor in, you know, Armani's game is he doesn't have the size, right? He's, he's six, two, he's a guard. Um, you know, Matthews, you can kind of run him against some of the other forwards and wings of the league yeah, confidently, uh, without worrying that he's going to give up, you know, that he's going to be like the weak link defensively. Right. But the Bucs were definitely going directly at Armani Brooks in this game. And that's something that we've seen a little bit before, uh, you know, teams going directly at Armani Brooks uh, as kind of the weak link of the Rockets defense. So just wanted to highlight that uh, and, you know, keep an eye on that moving forward as far as what that situation is going to look like and whether or not, you know, Armani Brooks is getting played off the floor or not. Right. I mean, in this one, 
he, you know, subbed out in the second half with about six minutes left to play and didn't see, didn't come back in the game. So, you know, this was, you know, a situation where, yeah, the, the game at some point was kind of, you know, probably out of reach. Um, but, you know, it could have also been a choice by Steven Silas where he saw that, you know, what the Bucks were doing, you know, offensively and, you know, hunting on switches to, you know, move away from, from that dynamic. I will say that the Bucks, you know, running a zone defense for stretches of this game also kind of uh, messed with the Rockets a little bit. Um, it was kind of nice to see, you know, whenever teams do run that zone defense, there were a few possessions where Alper and Shingun was able to get the ball like in the middle of the zone and break down the zone defense because you either bust the zone with outside shooting, you know, swinging the ball side to side until you get uh, an open outside outside look, or you get the ball into the middle of the zone and you collapse the zones that, that way by utilizing your passing, right? And since Alperin Shingun is such an adept passer, if you can get the ball to him in the middle of the zone and then have guys cutting, have guys moving around on the perimeter a little bit, he's going to find the open shooter or the open cutter and get an easy two at the rim or wide open shot. And there were a couple times they were able to take advantage of Alpi's passing uh, to break down that zone. But I thought it was an interesting look from the Bucks. So rather than allowing, you know, for an extended stretch of the, of these game of this game for the Bucks to just play man-to-man defense against uh, Alper and Shingun when he was in the game, which is what caused them so many issues the last time these two teams played, they ran the zone coverage, uh, which prevented Alp from getting uh, a mismatch against, you know, say a DeMarcus Cousins, right? And taking advantage of him on the low block or that kind of thing. So, um... I also want to throw in there, talked about that, that uh, we've got Jalen Green's return and then uh, Josh Christopher. That's the other guy that I wanted to highlight here um, over these last stretches, of, you know, stretch of games. Uh, it's been big for Josh Christopher, who got his very first NBA start against the Detroit Pistons when the Rockets were uh, at Detroit this past Saturday. You know, Josh has shown a lot of growth in his game and I think that the one area that really stands out to me is one, one, his confidence is just infectious, right? He oozes confidence, right? He goes out there on the floor and he is, you know, ready to play regardless if it's, if it's two minutes, if it's 20 minutes, he comes out ready to play every single night. There are, you know, a handful of times where he looks a little chaotic out there at times. And I think that kind of lends itself to the decision-making that Steven Silas has harped on before with Josh about what he wants to see more of and, you know, and, and see better decision-making from him at times, which uh, I think the extended stint with RGV has helped with that, you know, for him to run an offense and get more comfortable doing things at that level as the primary ball handler. But when he's with the team, when he's with the Rockets at the NBA level, there's sometimes where he's the primary ball handler on the floor. There's other times where he's playing off ball more as like a wing or an off ball guard. Um, and I think he's shown the ability to play both of those roles pretty well. I think the area that has stood out to me is his passing, but specifically his bounce passing. Like I feel, and, and just pay attention, right? The next time Josh Christopher's in the game and he's, you know, ready to thread the needle on a pass. It feels like whenever he's delivering bounce passes, they are on the money every single time. You know, some of his other passes are a bit questionable, but it feels like the bounce passing specifically, he gets those on the money just right there, you know, perfect delivery to where it pops up and it lands exactly where it needs to, you know, for the intended recipient of the pass. 
Um, and I don't even have like a specific, you know, a specific set of examples in mind, but just over the last handful of games, there have been, a, there have been multiple times that Josh Christopher has delivered a bounce pass and it's just made it right to its target on the money. Like whether it's be, whether it's in traffic or in transition and I should go back and make like a compilation, you know, video of like the bounce passes that I'm talking about. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll circle around on Twitter and throw together a little compilation video to or you know to illustrate my point about Josh Christopher's passing but that's just something that I wanted to highlight for him because he continues to impress I think that if you look at you know the absences of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr with you know trying to be a bit of an optimist the silver lining is that Josh Christopher has gotten some extended run Armani Brooks has gotten some run Garrison Matthews has been able to get some extended burn um guys that may have not been getting consistent rotation minutes before the respective injuries to Jalen Green and KPJ have gotten, you know, got their foot in the door and were able to get some extended reps while those guys were out. And now the Rockets have a better idea of what they have, you know, across their entire 15 man roster and which pieces they're going to be able to use complementary to those guys when they return, which speaking of that's as good of a segue as any Jalen Green's return to the Rockets lineup the much awaited return of the number two overall pick. And look, this, you know, we got such a good glimpse at what he's going to be able to do against the Chicago Bulls in that, uh, in that game way back just before Thanksgiving as the Rockets started their, you know, seven game win streak as things started to look really, really good. Jalen Green had 11 points in 11 minutes on four or five shooting, only missed a three pointer, had two rebounds, had an assist, looked really, really good against the Bulls early in that game, right before his injury, unfortunately, sidelined him and then, you know, put him out for over a month now or almost exactly a month, right? And so I think that there's going to be a lot of I think there's going to be simultaneously a lot of uh, excitement at his return. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jalen Green returning to the lineup. And the one thing that I want is I don't want, you know, Rockets fans to overreact negatively if he comes out and has a bit of a rough game, right? Like there needs to be an understanding that he's had a month off from play. If he comes out and his shot's not falling or things just look a little rough, don't suddenly start lighting up you know, the Twitter streets with pitchforks and, you know, all that stuff and torches. No, like none of that, right? Give Jalen Green time to get acclimated back in the lineup. That said, I'm still really excited at what this is going to look like for the Rockets and for Jalen Green to have all the space to operate because that was the biggest issue for so long in the early part of the season is Jalen Green just didn't have driving lanes, right? He is a guy that can utilize his speed, his burst, his explosion to get past his defender. But it doesn't matter if he breaks down his defender if there's two or three guys stacked up in the paint because they're not honoring shooters out on the perimeter. That's not really an issue that they're facing as much anymore. So hopefully Jalen Green's return is uh, dazzling. I'm hoping he has a big game, you know, comes back out and is able to, you know, shut up the haters too as well because Jalen Green for for somebody that hasn't played for the last month, there's a lot of people who uh, like to talk about Jalen Green and how the Rockets are a better team without him, right, in the lineup. And so for him to come back into the Rockets lineup and for them to secure a win on a second night of a back-to-back -back in his return to the lineup would be huge in shutting up the haters. And uh, I'm going to be insufferable if Jalen Green has a really good game in his return. I'm also going to be insufferable if Jalen Green outplays Karis LeVert in his return. So that's another uh, staple that we're going to have to watch 
uh, as the Rockets are taking on the Indiana Pacers. That's going to be a really, really fun game, a 6 p.m. local tip-off. Don't want to miss that. Uh, what do you think Jalen Green's stat line is going to be? Drop your prediction for Jalen Green's returning stat line in the comments on the YouTube section. Uh, but for today's episode, that's going to be where we wrap things up. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in. I am also, you know, sincerely apologetic for my extended absence. Uh, and I feel I'm a little rough around the edges trying to get back in the flow of, uh, of things with the show. You know, it's, it's weird getting, you know, having an extended absence from doing the show, but I, I needed it. The doctor recommended it said, you need to, you know, just give yourself time to rest and recoup and relax and, and, and kind of get yourself right. Um, and stop irritating your, irritating your airways, all that good stuff. So with that, um, I am back. We are back on track here at Locked on Rockets, and I appreciate you sticking with me, right? If you listen to the show, whether you've listened since the beginning of this season or maybe since last, you know, maybe not last week, seeing as how that's when I dropped off the face of the earth, but um, for whatever length of time you've listened to this show, I sincerely appreciate it. Um, interacting with listeners, be it in comments, be it on Twitter, be it Instagram, wherever you interact with me, I love that part of this show. Um, and, you know, at the same time, I, I, you know, there was a part of me that felt bad, you know, sitting out in my own version of health and safety protocols, not being able to fill the show, um, not really being active on Twitter because I wasn't doing the show. But with that, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be healthy again, or at least, you know, 90% of the way there. Uh, and hopefully we get to circle back around and talk about a Rockets win against the Indiana Pacers. So be sure to tune back in for that very next episode this week. Um, but with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't done so, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. Also check us out on YouTube, search Locked on Rockets on YouTube, hit subscribe, like, comment, all that good jazz. Um, ooh, don't want to say jazz, not on this podcast. Ugh. Wow, see, that's that. I'm just completely out of it. Anyways, as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.